Radio Split Ranch. Hello and welcome once again to Radio Split Ranch, a monthly visit with the Capital Region's great broadcasters of the past and sometimes present. I'm Warren Garling when I'm not on the radio. Try not to get too distracted by our opening theme written by your friend and his, the talented singer-songwriter Drew Jacobs. That's even Drew shouting the name of our podcast on the opening. Yes, he's a man of many talents, as you can find out for yourself online at drewjacobs.com. Our interview this month on the Radio Split Ranch is with a very funny, talented entertainer who didn't start out his career by falling in love with radio, which a lot of the folks we've interviewed so far actually did. He kind of fell into it along the way. While he's made a few stops on regional radio over the last 30 years or so, he's most at home and probably better known as a stand-up comedian and voice actor. He's got some great stories to share, so let's get to know him together. Here's my conversation with Steve Van Zandt. Well, it's only been a, a few days since we lost one of the greatest interviewers of all time, Barbara Walters. Correct. And I'm watching all these tributes to her and about what she would do before an interview. She would, for weeks, prepare for the interview. Right. I want you to know, I have nothing <laughs> prepared for this interview. I've never done it that way for well, the, the podcast. The good news is that I'm nowhere near the caliber of talent of a, you know, Barbara Walters. So, okay. so, that's, so that's okay. We're, we're even uh, starting Indeed. out here. But uh, I, I tend to want to learn about you know who the person is I'm talking to sure. at the same time that the listener is. You Nothing know. wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. So that's and, and being in the business we're in, you people would assume that we would know all about each other. But that's not yeah. necessarily no. The case. I mean, we've had some lunches together, so we I know. know a little bit about what you're up to these days. Exactly. But uh, but I know very little about how how it all evolved. Sure. So we'll 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 start uh, in your youth somewhere. Yes. Um, you know, um, because you didn't. Well, you tell me. Did you actually start out thinking, "Gee, I want to be on the radio"? Was that something you wanted to do? No, that was actually secondary to wanting to be a professional. Comedian. So that, uh, how early was that? That was, you know, the classic case of the cl the class count clown, the class clown. Excuse me. Uh, you know, in, in school, trying to get attention. Middle child, nine siblings, trying to get attention. That guy. Classic. Nine siblings. Right in the middle. That's My me. Right in the middle, wow. and you know, fighting for attention in a big Italian uh, Dutch family, and uh, so yeah, I mean, I I found out at an early age that mimicry uh, of uh, my Italian grandmother and my mother having a conversation on the phone could get attention. Oh, yeah. Because Italians are just loud. I'm very loud. Yeah, yeah. And I can just remember, if I had to go back all the way to the very what I think is the very beginning of my interest in this field, is that I would listen to her on the phone with my Italian grandmother. Okay. And they spoke very loudly. And I okay. can even hear her on the on, other on end the other end and i remember asking my mother mom why when you talk to Norni, that's yeah, what we yeah. called her are you so loud and she goes it's just the way us italians talk you know we, we're not mad at each other we just talk loudly and, and, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so so i would start to mimic them at five or six years old and that got me a lot of attention oh this is so you know fake italian accent and yeah, yeah. and it got me attention i just found out early that comedy uh, got you attention, yeah, you know, yeah. and, uh, and you that's liked what I was that. looking for. Yeah. And so that, that kind of parlayed into learning funny voices and being, as I said, the class clown and imitating teachers and, mm -hmm. you know, just uh, being one of those guys. And, uh, then, uh, after high school, 
Uh, I was thinking about what do I want to do. I thought about the military. I thought about maybe college. And then that summer, the gong show was the big oh, thing boy. on TV. Oh, yeah. Chuck Barris, yeah. And then like almost like karaoke today in bars, the, bar, yeah. the gong shows were popping up at bars. Ah. Like amateur comedy nights. Yeah. So I entered one uh, at a bar in Albany called Morelli. Now, are you here Are you here uh, from here originally? Yes, are you right from here Albany? in the Capital Region. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in East Greenbush. Born, oh, okay. Born in Albany, grew up in East Greenbush. Gotcha. And ironically, I'm back there. I bought a house there about Isn't 20 years crazy? ago. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, so I entered this local, quote unquote, gong show talent contest. And it was like $50 first prize. It's wonderful. But he packed him in. The bartender packed him in. So he calls me back and he goes, that was uh, so successful. I'm going to do a series of shows over like 12 weeks. And I'm going to take all the winners of each show and put them together. And whoever wins that one, I will fly them to L.A., to try to get on the actual show. And My I'm like 19, gosh. 18, 19. Yeah. And so long story short, I, I I win that one. They fly me out to LA. I've never been on a plane before. Wow. And the next thing I know, I'm in Hollywood. I'm auditioning for the gong show. And now it's almost funny to think about it now because back then it was like, wow, you were on the gong show? Really impressive. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Now people, I tell people that and they go, really? What, really? You're on the, the, the gong show? show? <laughs> really? And... Uh, <laughs> So I get on the show. I get a perfect score of 30. I go, oh, my God, I'm going to get the goofy gosh. trophy that they give and the $562, yeah, right. whatever it was. Some sense, yeah. So yeah. Goofy amount. And I, a singer comes out. She gets a 30. There's a tiebreaker. Oh. And I lose in the tiebreaker. Oh, geez. So then I say, hey, this was kind of fun. I got a lot of, obviously, a lot of local publicity from that and sure, attention. Sure. And uh, then- uh, And I, you're, you're 19 at this I'm time? I'm 19. Yeah, I think about 19. Yeah. Now, so not not in school? I not mean, in school, no, not doing you, anything. You, you, I was wow. working for the state. I was working for ah. Office of General Services oh, okay. as, a, as a parking attendant <laughs> in the bowels of the Empire State Plaza. <laughs> that was my big, uh, my big my check maker. God, and, I, uh, I, you may have helped me park my car one time. Oh, I'm yeah. sure I did. I'm sure I did. I'm sure I was the front guy with the frozen snot on the nose <laughs> that everything under there was concrete and yes. steel oh god and Awful. it was a wind tunnel so yeah. you'd get a cold day and i'd be standing on a little yellow line separating two lanes where, where everybody's going from bright sunlight yes to total darkness so they're hitting you just before they get to me <laughs> and that's a whole nother story but anyway uh so uh i was dating this girl at the time and uh, like a dummy, I proposed to her at 20. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a that's another nightmare story. We've, we've all been there. I got married in 79, uh, had a baby in uh, 81. Uh, and uh, then I said, well, I'm kind of stuck now. Uh, but I was still going down to New York and kind of working some comedy clubs and kind of make, trying to make a name. And I was working locally when I could find the work. And But, you know, if you're going to get noticed in this business, you got to go to the city. So mm -hmm. I go to the Boston Comedy Clubs and New York Comedy sure, Clubs. Sure, sure. Now, and, what did your act consist of? What were you doing? A lot of doing? impressions. Okay. A lot of celebrity impressions. That's they, really what I'm known for. Yeah, exactly. And, and we've heard you on radio over the years doing oh, sure. you know, lots of different lots commercials. Lots of different voices and, and, and things voices like that. and such. Yeah. Do you have any idea where the talent came from? Anybody you know, else in your family that was ever into the into show business? No, or? you know, I just kind of found out at an early age I had a good, pretty good ear for mimicry. It's funny. I, a few years ago, I was digging through some old cassettes, and I came across some stuff where I was practicing impressions <laughs> of celebrities, and I would record... It was so primitive back then. You had to re take a microphone and put it up to the TV yeah, and, right. and record the the audio, and mm -hmm. then I would put it on a you know would be on a cassette, 
and I'd leave a little space for me to record and try to match the voice and stuff like wow. that. And I'm listening to him and I go, those impressions are so horrible. Oh. Well, how did I ever? <laughs> but here it is. I, I, I was like, I would do an Andy Rooney or somebody's voice. Right, and I'm right. thinking, okay, that sounds like a 19-year-old Andy Rooney. Oh, you know, it's like a 21. Well, sure. Because of the, the cadence of the voice wasn't mature yeah. yet. You know? Yes, that's right. So, But I, I would start to do that. And uh, then I started, you know, writing an act, you know, uh, trial and error. And mm-hmm, uh, then mm-hmm. I, you know, I started getting comfortable and I started getting more work. And eventually I, I got divorced. I uh, Then I had a little bit more freedom to, to travel a mm-hmm. little bit more. So I was mm-hmm. doing, the, I started getting, I got an agent. Mm-hmm. He started booking me in places like the Poconos and Atlantic City. And, and I was actually starting to make some money. Nice. Yeah. And do it. Yeah. And uh, then I eventually got comfortable enough where I quit my job for the state. Wow. I actually had a supplemental job between the state and parlaying into the comedy thing. I sold Kirby vacuums. Oh, my Lord. Is that sad or what? <laughs> I did it because it gave me the flexibility to kind of do that stuff during the day and, and then sure. still be able to, or was oh, it the nine to five thing just didn't work out for that? Absolutely, yeah. So <laughs> I did that. And uh, then um, eventually I got to do it full time. And then to get to your original question, the radio thing, about 1987, I think it was. Yeah, 87. I get a call from Uncle Fred Horton. Oh, sure. Uncle sure. Fred? Well, he was my boss for about a month when I first went to WTRY. There you go. Yep. We're all connected here in the capital region. Yes, we are. And uh, he had heard me or seen me somewhere locally. And he goes, you ever thought about doing radio? And I said, you know, not not really. Uh, but at the up to that point, I had done some radio commercials. Mm-hmm. Let me back up a little bit. I... Uh, after the big the whole gong show thing kind of got a lo- local uh, attention, mm-hmm. I got an email. Not an email. Couldn't have been an email. No, not that. I got a note. I got a note in the mail from a Cathedral Sound Studios in Rensselaer. Sure, yeah. Which I and I was living in East Greenwich at the time, and I didn't even know there was a recording studio yeah, and an yeah, old church. Very busy one. Ra- yeah. Oh, one of the top in upstate New York. Yeah, absolutely. Not the top. Yep. yep. And they did a lot of voiceover work and worked with bands and stuff like that. And I guess the guy that was running it or, or managing it at the time uh, said, hey, saw a story about you in the Greenbush Area News. <laughs> there was such a thing, ter- terrifying Oh, I enough. remember. I had a friend, David Baker, that worked there. This, again, a small bunny. Small bunny. Small bunny, New York. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I said, well, I wonder what this is about. So I go in and I... And they stuck me in the recording booth and they said, hey, we hear you do impressions. Just go do them. And I just kind of started winging off all these impressions. And they were like, oh, wow, this is great. You could do voiceovers. You could do animation. You could do this. And I said, wow, there's a whole field I hadn't even considered. Right? Yep. Oh, I'm so glad you like your new lazy boy recliner. Oh, jeez. Now I got two lazy boys in the house, huh? The new chair and the meathead. Uh, I think I may be a leather-aholic. You say, right? Russ and Rubble has the largest selection and best prices on quality dress and casual leather apparel in upstate New York. It's uh, Leather Nirvana. Okay, you people listen up. Lots of folks will be coming in here to Discount Town, and I want you all to handle those questions like the professionals you are. You know, I love this place. It's like being outside, even when you're in. Oh, excuse me, sir. Yes? That looks just lush. Uh, what is that dish you've got there? And now, right here on our stage, a really big show, and I do mean big. Let's hear it for the great Northeast 
home show. Hey, what do you got there, Ralphie boy? Well, if you must know, Norton, it's my new BMW speakers from Altair Audio. What a kawinky-dink, Ralph, because I just got a new Yamaha receiver from Altair Audio. That's easy, Chief. Would you believe right now during Cellular One's Go Portable sale, you can get a Motorola MC750 portable for only 99 Yes, Max? Not you, 99 $99. Remember that play in the third grade when you stalled as a frog? People said that kid's going to Hollywood. And later, you would imitate the star. Oh, this sale is a big one. Don't be a dummy and miss it. Every appliance has a hidden side, a spot no one ever sees. So when Greens has a scratch and dent sale, it makes sense to see if your hidden spot matches their scratch or dent. And now for the news. <laughs> so uh, I started getting actual uh, work from ad agencies and, and, nice. and, and small companies and started building a little portfolio there. Sure. And then uh, with the radio thing, how what happened was uh, the, uh, Uncle Fred said, hey, you know, once you come in and talk to me, so he had just lost a partner in, uh, in, in his morning show. Right. And uh, he goes, would you be interested in trying radio? And I, and I said, yeah, I'll give it a roll. I, let's do a little dry run. And I said, oh, I love this, but I hated getting up at like oh, 4 o'clock in the morning. tell me about it. Never got used to that. <laughs> yeah. So I did that for about a year, maybe 15 months with Uncle Fred. Now, is that on? WTRY. T-R-Y. I was That's upstairs from PIX. This is when PIX was the king of the capital district yeah. downstairs. At, yeah. or excuse me, upstairs. Yeah, upstairs, they were and upstairs. TRI was downstairs. TRI yeah. was downstairs, yeah. right. So this is 19... 1987. 87, yeah. okay. Well, In fact, then... my first day on the air was April Fool's Day, uh, <laughs> April 1st, 1987. Wow. And I worked with Uncle Fred until I couldn't stand the cigarette. Back in those days, you could smoke in the studio. Yes, yes. And... It was really affecting my voice because sure. he was a chain smoker, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I also at the same time, not that was the only reason, but I was starting getting more pull for performing, okay. you know? And I was yeah. getting more lucrative gigs and better gigs and things like that. Sure. And I just, and I don't know if you can vouch for this, but I just never got used to getting up at that hour. I just mm, wasn't mm. really sharp in the morning. I, I Well, I did. It, it's it's learning. probably my favorite shift, but, right. but you know, you, I got used to it. Oh. The, the only time I wasn't used to it is we took two weeks and went to Hawaii. And I came back and went to work the very next day, and I figured it out. Yeah. I was going on the air the next day. This is when I was at GNA. Right. I was going on the air at 6 o'clock in the morning, and if you looked at my clock for where I was the final you know, previous two weeks, right. that's when I was going to bed in Hawaii, oh was when I was going on the air. Talk about jet and, you know, I mean, oh, it was crazy for like two or three days. But I, I did get used to it. It was my favorite shift. Right. But uh, as as years go by, you know, ask, ask anybody. It takes a toll, and they and just well, don't I was want a young, to do it Well, anymore. I was a young man at the time, and I still couldn't get used to it. I think some people are just wired for to be more sure. night people. Sure, yeah. And I had been doing stand-up. Well, you're you know, an entertainer, and right. those stand-up gigs are, uh, are later in the evening. But even today, I'm still not a, uh, you know, I, I get up earlier, but I'm still not my functional best in the morning. I'm more of uh, my creativity kicks in later in the evening, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm a little off your mic there. But uh, that's okay. It's okay. I'm just doing my, my mic. No problem. But uh, so so I I leave. Well, actually, what happened was I I got a an offer from a station in Glens Falls. Oh wow. Uh, about 12 to 15 months. I forget if it was a year or 15 months I was on with Fred. Okay. Why. Sure. And they, and they had heard of me and they said, hey, uh, why don't you come up and talk to us? 
And I said, why? And they said, well, let's just listen to what we have to say. And I went up and because I must have complained on the air that I, I hated getting up morning. in the morning, yeah, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> I go up there and they said, we'll let you, we'll let you uh, do two days a week. You'll come in Tuesday and Thursday and we'll pay you the same as you're making it wow. to your wine. And I said, well, wow. that's great. Yeah. But so I ended up doing that okay. for, for a couple of years. A little bit of a commute, but it uh, was. But yeah, that's only two days a week. So it was, but yeah. that even made it worse. I'll tell oh, you no. because because now I'm getting up to the crazy hour for two days a week and sleeping <laughs> in any other. So I had no like yeah, pattern going on. That's you know, true. Routine. That's true. And so I did that for a couple of years, and then <laughs> I finally said I got to take a break from. Radio. Now, what station was that up? That there? was W A Y I, which which wow. I think they changed their call letters. It was one oh. 7.1 W-A-Y-I. Okay. okay. I think that they are different call letters now. They, they must Same be. I don't is, recognize them. Yeah. 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 Um, and I'll be uh, so I did that for a couple of years. That was with uh, Rick Knight. I was going to ask who you worked with. Yes, yeah, yeah. Rick because Knight. again, you're not trained as a disc jockey. Not at all. I mean, you don't get behind the controls no. and run the controls. You're on a microphone. Never had to touch the controls. Yeah. And I've been on radio just to jump ahead. I've, I've done like six different stations, and I've never ever to this day <laughs> touched any buttons in the studio. There you go. Which is probably pathetic because you would think by now I would want to learn how to do that. No, I mean you're on the other side of the room. You don't even see what that person is, is doing pretty much right, right, I, right. yeah exactly maybe yeah, my yeah. partners over the years says well if this guy does all these voices and he can run this stuff he might kick me out of my spot <laughs> that's true too that's true too so yeah. i don't know what the reasoning was but i just never learned uh to run it that's funny so so i, I did that for a couple of years now uh, now i'm in my uh, you know late 20s mid mid to late 20s and uh i i, I left uh there uh, at Glens Falls, and I started get performing again. Mm-hmm. And again, I was doing more, more bigger venues. I was doing casinos, mm. and uh, and then I started getting into cruise ships. I got an agent uh, out of New Jersey who handles uh, entertainers for cruise lines, and uh, started doing uh, cruise ships. What kind of life is that? Uh, tell, tell us how how a gig works. It's just as. I don't whether it's at my level or at the top level. The, the only difference is it's grinding, but it's there's a lot more perks at the uh, upper echelon. Okay, gotcha. but but yeah, I meant being in the car for hours and hours and hours, or if you're flying, you know, dragging your stuff through airports. It meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just a lot of downtime. Yeah, yeah. You know? Where where would you hanging out where with would the you catch Where would you catch these these ships? Where would you? Oh, uh, oh. As far as the cruise you, ships, yeah, uh, yeah. different ports all over the country. Sometimes really? I would go out. Most of the time, I would I should say I would go out of Miami. Okay. Uh, but that oftentimes it would be Seattle. Uh, I would do Alaskan cruise lines. Whoa. Sometimes it'd be in Europe. I would literally fly to Europe and get on a ship in wow. Europe. Wow. Uh, so I've done. I've been all over the world on the ships and in and and been and gotten on them. Pretty much at all kinds of uh, spots all over the world. Isn't and sometimes I've even done like a, a cruise where we pull up next to another ship at port somewhere. I get off that ship and get on another one, which okay. goes to a different part of the all right. yeah. Caribbean or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So but, uh, again, let, let's let I, I I'm I'm very interested in the details here. Sure. Okay, um, you arrive at the ship, you report to the uh, cruise director. The cruise director. Right. Okay, if if everybody watched the Love Boat growing up, right. you know that was what Julie, I guess her name was. Right, that's you know, right. right. Yeah, <laughs> basically report to her or yeah. him. Right. But you know uh, the ships today, uh, the Love Boat would be like a, a dinghy. Oh yes, oh absolutely, the, the size today. of them today, absolutely. Floating cities was not an exaggeration. They're yeah, insanely uh, unbelievable. Yeah, but so yeah, I mean, outs- outwardly looking in, 
you know, it, it looks like the sweetest gig in the world. Yeah. And it, it is. Yeah. They yeah. would put me at a mid, mid-range, mid uh, put me in a mid-range room. So okay. like I wasn't down in the bowels with the nice. people partying like in the Titanic, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. They're all dancing around the, <laughs> on the tables, you know, all the people that are making your bed and exactly, your toilet. Yeah, I, yeah so I, you're a little higher echelon than that. Although yeah, those people were a lot more fun, but of that's course. getting yeah, ahead yeah, of myself. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and they had their own subculture down there, just like in the movie The Titanic. But, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, but there was just a lot of downtime. Literally, you're uh, when you do ships, you're literally on stage for maybe seventy five minutes for the entire week. Whoa. So you're not really doing a lot. You know, yeah. you might do it might be two hours total, and depending on the ship, you, you have a main show and then you have a late night show, and you might mm-hmm. they might use you here and there to the variety show. Okay, uh, which is a piece of everybody on the ship, kind sure. of a welcome or a farewell sh- show, something like that. But there's just a lot of downtime. You know, and so you went into debt gambling. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know they. One of the uh, uh, rules of of uh, if there is gambling on the ship is that you cannot. But, well, you worked for them, so you you, you, you can't, can't gamble. Can't you can't gamble. You can't mess with anybody uh, that works. Uh, and you know, you, you some of these guys in the bands, you get a little frisky with some of the the cruise uh, passengers. That's a no no. Can't do I that got either. Great stories there <laughs> that I, I've heard about, but. Uh, no, I mean it's and now if you're outside looking in, it looks like a really sweet gig. But if you're doing five, six, ten cruises in a row, yeah, uh, that yeah. gets old pretty fast. Yeah. So how long could you be out sometimes? Oh, uh, well, the last cruises I did, which were oh, I would say 2017, 16, okay, I did five straight weeks in Alaska. Wow. Uh, you fly, flew to Seattle, got on the ship. It goes to the uh, through the inside passage, which travels from the southeast to the northwest okay. through the through the center of the state it's just a marrow body of water okay and you hit all these little towns along the route uh and then you that's a seven-day cruise and you loop back to seattle and uh, then those people get off new people get on you do the same thing over again for wow. five, five weeks in a row now alaska is mm. beautiful but to yes. see it for five weeks <laughs> so the, so the, the downside of the business is a lot of these guys uh, these people that entertain uh, on cruises they're they're either divorced or they never see their family yeah uh it's a it's a hard life yeah uh you know and socially yeah. speaking mm-hmm. but uh you know no we're not killing ourselves but uh, but your 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 food's taken care of your lodging obviously yes. you make um, a lot of money on them yeah you know, entertainment of course it's the same entertainment every night so Oh, I right. mean, how? Thank you. Yes. It, but uh, but you know how how you know often can you do that? Yeah. No, right. you're you're good. Yes, and and tighten it up. Other way. Yes, the other way. <laughs> but here's the thing. I mean, it's um, thank you. Thank you're you. welcome. It, this is a great gig if you're a really young person. Yes. Well, uh, that makes sense. And you're single. Yeah. I mean, Which, that, that's when sweet, you think you know? about it, Steve. Right. What, what radio is. Exactly okay. the same thing. It's really the same thing. It is. It's a young people's business. It is. Right? I didn't find that out until I was heading for <laughs> seventy. You right. know, but I hear you. but it, it really is a, a young person's uh, it business. It is. Yeah. It is. And uh, and that's and it's funny because and you can vouch for this. It's you get the same reactions uh, when people find out you're a radio personality. That, uh, that you get when people ask you if you're about your entertainment, yeah. they think that wow, you mean you just go up on stage for 45 minutes and 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 uh, yeah, make do a million dollars and, and yeah, wow, you know that's fantastic. <laughs> and the same with radio, you yeah. mean you're on the air for three hours and the rest of the day is yours? Yeah, that's pretty yeah, that's good. how yeah. it works. And you make a million dollars? No, yeah, none yeah. of that is true. Yes, exactly, right. You know, but there's a whole lot more to it. It's called show is. prep in radio, <laughs> and it's for yeah. comedy prep and stand up. So. Yeah, yeah. Now. As as you're you know getting into these gigs and stuff, um, 
you your audience is changing almost every right. you know time you go out. True. So were you able to use the same material for quite a long time? Yes, not necessarily on the same ship but, and the same cruise, but yes, okay. uh, because obviously uh, if you're doing five weeks the same same cruise in mm-hmm. a loop, it's mm-hmm. all new bodies on. Yeah, those bo- old bodies are off, and then with the comedy creating the material it's an evolutionary kind of a thing you Makes add sense. you add things in you take things out yeah so it's not like i i would write a completely different show for this or i'd write a completely different show for that it would kind of evolve right. i would i would take some things out and put some things in and uh then i really you know i really developed like a full show and then maybe a teaser show that i did but uh oh yeah that, that that's a great thing too you could repeat a lot of the same material because it's obviously a new audience mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it wasn't a big deal now your kind of comedy did you keep it um uh, current did you find yourself having to learn some new voices and, yes. and try to you know keep it up to current events is that the kind of direction True. you went for the most part but it, but but with the impressions the, the problem I'd run into also it wasn't even so much the the current events. Uh, it was like I've did I've done cruises where the average age is sixty five. You know, it's a mm. senior, senior type of cruise. Gotcha. They're not gonna They're not gonna get uh, you know my 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 new impressions. Yeah, they're, they're that's celebrity. true. They might not even know who they are. Exactly. And the opposite is true with the opposite age group. Sure. You know, if you're performing for for a bunch of uh, twenty five to thirty year olds, yeah, you're not, not gonna do. Jimmy I'm not gonna Stewart. know who Jimmy Stewart is. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I was just gonna say Jimmy Stewart. I'm not gonna. They might know the movie, yeah, you know, yeah, It's yeah. a Wonderful Life, but beyond that, forget about it, yeah, Mr. Potter. Yeah. They're just not going to understand it. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. Exactly, you know? yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, they, but but here's the thing. I mean, as I started to develop material, I tried to do, instead of do, making my show all about impressions, I started weaving in current events or just my own political, philo- whether political <laughs> philosophy, marriage philosophy, hmm. relationship philosophies. There you go. I kind of weave those in and yeah. kind of make it an you know, a more broad, yeah. uh, broad show. And something people could connect with. Exactly. Yeah, the audience Ex- could connect exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah. So Smart. It's, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I've been lucky that uh, I also, uh, over the years, have been able to do a lot of, because I'm relatively clean by today's standards, uh, my material, uh, I get a lot of corporate stuff. So that was nice. a whole other area that opened up. Is yes. People, I just did one literally Saturday night, SEFQ, uh, uh, the credit union, uh, recently merged with an uh, yes Capcom. I cap, think. Uh, yes, because I'm a Capcom. Uh, there you, you go. Know, well, they merged uh, yep, yep. and they've become one of the biggest credit unions in the country now. Yes, they have. They had a bash at the uh, Hilton in Troy, on um, on Hoosick Street, which is very deceiving. I thought it was it's a, it's a Hilton hotel, but you go inside; it's a massive hotel. Mm. They literally rented out the entire hotel. Nice, and there were like fifteen hundred people. And they actually had a comedy club, quote unquote, room. So then we did a show. Me and another comedian did a show every twenty minutes. Wow! For like that's for, cool. for like two hours. Yeah. So there's the whole corporate. Yeah. People doing corporate comedy. Yeah. Of course, getting to the material, you have to be a little bit more careful there. Sure. Sure. Uh, but for the PC police and stuff, but uh, but yeah, that's a whole other area that yeah. opened up when yeah. I started doing stand up full time. Is doing. You know, customized yeah. in some cases, corporate comedy. Now, you, you touched upon um, uh, blue material. Right. Okay. I think one of the uh, people that I laughed at the most in my entire life, unfortunately, is persona non grata now, but uh, George Carlin. Bill, Bill, Carl, uh, Bill, Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Bill. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, 90 minutes. Yeah. At what then was the Knickerbocker Arena when right. it first opened oh, up. Sure. He was the second show after uh, 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 Frank Sinatra had been there oh, a couple okay. nights before, okay? And 
and you know, good going on ninety minutes, at least 75, 80 minutes, right? And your body ached from the oh, laughing, he's and hilarious. not one blue word, not one yep. blue thought the whole time, right? So you've kind of gone that direction. You, you yeah. You, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm certainly not as sparkly clean as Bill Cosby is. Mm-hmm. However, uh, you're right. I mean, there is a there is an audience for that. Yeah. Uh, it, it tends to skew a little bit older, obviously, mm-hmm. and that, but he's older too, so true. His, it's yeah. going to dovetail nicely to the people that he draws. Right. Uh, the same would be true of a, a younger generation comedian, uh, not that much younger, but uh, a uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, another guy yes. that developed a yep. lot of material without mm-hmm. getting blue. Yeah. you know, human Jim, nature stuff. Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan's another, another one. one. Yeah, there, there, there are quite there a few. Are, that so have those, been yeah, so very those guys are out there and they're doing that. really, really well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. Now the, the the ones that you hear mostly about that, that become really really big tend to be younger, you know, uh, uh, more blue acts, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Bill Bill Burr and people like that. Sure. Uh, but they, look, that's the great thing about comedy. You know, if you have a certain taste in comedy, mm-hmm. very much like music, mm-hmm. there's somebody there for you. Yeah. And they're, they're successful and they'll do really well. Yeah. But yeah, but getting to Bill Cosby, I was just having this discussion with somebody. I too have seen him in concert over the years. And uh, it's a shame that uh, it, you know a guy that that with that kind of oh. talent and that kind of a career and and, and just the, threw that it all kind away. of a reputation. You it's know, I mean, he had a tremendous Unreal. reputation for helping out with you know, the underprivileged and with education and with all that stuff. Our boys grew up watching the show. It was one of the final shows we Fat could Albert. watch together. Well, Fat, Fat Albert, Albert for the kids, yeah, right. and then the actual Cosby Show it was one of the few shows that I enjoyed watching with our boys. They and were, it's an impression that I used to do, but I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I, I figured. Crazy. Doesn't wasn't work anymore. But no, yeah, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a shame. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, but you know, you yeah. mentioned the Sinatra show. Yeah, uh, I took my mom to see the Sinatra uh, show, uh, and uh, I would. But this weeks before, maybe days before, might have been the very first person to ever go on stage at that arena was moi, yours truly. Whoa! They had an open house before the big Sinatra opening thing. Yeah. And so they hired me to MC it. So I was like the first person to walk out on the on the new stage and I forget who it was. Uh, wow. They had a bunch of different bands. And, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and who was the local guy that was real in a famous band? Jay and the Americans. You oh, sure. Jay Trainer. Jay Trainer. Yes, yes. So yes. I'll, it's kind of a funny story. So Mr. Funny Man picked the, the MC. So technically, I'm the first person, even before Frank, to be on the stage, right? And I'm, yeah. And uh, he gives me an intro to bring him out. And I screwed I screwed it up brutally. <sighs> where was he angry with me? So, oh, I say, so I get to open the arena, but I made the first mistake on, uh, on uh, stage yep, as yep, well. Yep, there you go. But uh, yes. Well, that that's, uh, it just brings to mind a story. I don't mean to interrupt no, you. But every once in a while, I throw one of my crazy stories sure. in. I was actually the first voice ever heard on WGNA. No kidding. Yeah, and I wasn't that's- a disc jockey at the time. I was the news director. <laughs> and what? I happened to be in the studio one late afternoon, early evening, and right. the chief engineer says, "Okay, we're we we uh, we've got a signal. Looks like it's going out pretty good. Uh, this is wow. the summer of '73. Okay, they didn't oh, sign yeah. on until December 5th, '73. Right, uh, 50 years this oh, fall. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that is insane. So um, they said we need, since we're going to be on the air for a little while, testing with tones and stuff. Right. We need a legal ID, which you had to do every half oh, hour." Sure. 
Sure. And so they just grabbed me and said, just say WGNA Albany. That's all we want you to do. <laughs> and for weeks, I was the first voice you heard on And I WGNA. hope you put that in your resume immediately. <laughs> yeah, right. Note that baby. Exactly. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, so. but there's actually, I got a kind of a tie-in to GNA. Okay. Uh, so getting back to the radio thing. So yes, I, yes, because I, you were you left Fred at TRY. I left Fred TRY. You went, went to up Glens to Falls, Glens Falls for right, a couple of years. Okay. And then I went back to doing my stand-up full-time. And then the next, my next stop in doing radio was, and I can't even remember the call letters. It was 2000. I get a call from um, Bob uh, uh, Osfeld. Osfeld, okay, yeah. Right, and G- he was part of that GNA cluster. I forget the other stations, mm-hmm. but it was one of the other FMs that he had, yep. WB... So I don't even remember so long ago. That's fine. But anyway, uh, they had this girl on in the morning, uh, doing a morning show. I don't even remember her name. But they said she's kind of struggling. We're thinking about putting a partner in with her. Would you okay. be interested? And I was yeah. ready to do another break. And I said, okay, yeah. So again, I don't even remember the call letters. Uh, but I did that for about a year. Okay. And uh, then that folded. They changed the format or something like that. Gotcha. But the GNA connection is when I originally left TRY mm-hmm. uh, after and, and, 12 or 15 months. Right, and went to Fred's, Glens Falls. Yeah. Fred I went to Glens goes Falls. over to GNA. Well, yes, but not right, not right away. Okay. What, what happened was when I was at TRY, I'm writing bits and I'm doing my show, and, sure. and Richie Phillips and I had become good friends. Yes. And uh, Richie wasn't in radio at all at, the, at, the, at that point. But he would write these funny parodies and stuff like that and right. stuff like that. And I would use them on my show. And sometimes I'd even invite him in. So he kind of became part wow. of our show. Wow, okay. And so when I left, uh, I, just, I went into Fred and I said, hey, I'm going to leave. I'm uh, going up to Glens Falls. And he goes, well, well how am I going to replace you? I said, Richie Phillips. Yeah, perfect. You know, I yeah. told Richie, I'm going to mention you. as a, And he goes, well, he's never been on the air. I said, well, you hired me and I've never been on the air. There you go. You know, I don't have any experience doing that. He'll learn. Sure, yeah. So, uh, so next thing you know, Richie's in. And I think they right. did not a very long period of time together. It was only months. Uh, well, not very long at TRY. Right, because, that's what I mean. Yeah, because Fred then accepts. And this is exactly when Crazy. I'm coming back on the radio part-time. I've right. been off for a couple of years. Had gone into uh, a, a job that actually paid me money. Sure, and uh, <laughs> and and it was in marketing. Sure, and so, um, but I, I call up uh, my friend uh, Lou Roberts, who wasn't oh, a friend Lou. at the time, but he Legend. was. Yeah, but he was on T R Y at right, the time, and right. I listened to him, liked him. He remembered me from my GNA days, sure. and he said, oh, "Fred would. I'm sure Fred would love to have you on board." So just um, about a month before Fred's leaving, and right. I and I don't know if he even knew at that moment he'd be leaving. Maybe he did. Right. He hires me. For for Saturday mornings on TRY, part-time, just 6 to 10 a.m., right. Saturday morning, still doing things live back in 1988. Oh, of course. Yeah. And then within a month, he goes over to where <laughs> I had been. Oh, radio. And Walt Adams comes over. Walt had been uh, my second-in-command at right. GNA before they let me go. Right. He comes over, and he's my boss. So two years <laughs> after I was his boss, he's my boss. This is the incestuous nature yes. of radio. People have no idea. And no idea, exactly. That's you know, so funny. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed – You know, Fred was great, easy to, to talk to and work with and, Good and radio such. Guy. But, of course, I knew Walt, too, so there sure. was no big deal there. Sure. And sure. I was only on four hours a week. It was not a, right. a, a big thing. I just – I had missed it, and I 
needed to get back. Oh, on. sure, yeah, 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 it's in your blood. So yeah. by this time, you you just left, and so I never got a chance to meet you. Then I'm not even that's sure right. We just when missed we each first, other. We just missed yeah, each other. That's absolutely right. So, so he goes to GNA, and, right. and what happens? Well, so Richie goes to GNA, and the rest With is history. They, yeah. they do really well. Oh, they, obviously, they kill, they kill the market for for forever. Yeah, and so I'm always constantly saying to Rich, hey, you know, you still owe me uh, that 15. percent You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that gets you that gig, but I you even know, vouch for you. And, you should at least ask him if you if uh, you could borrow at least you know one day a month the Billboard Medium Market uh, DJ right. Award. DJ, that they I got, should. My know, name should yeah. be etched on that. I actually. think. I think so. Yes, they did win some kind of uh, an award. <laughs> they uh, did on, on there. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So uh, then he had a twenty. I think a twenty-eight year run. With that, very well. And if you yeah, add up all well. the stations I work for together, <laughs> I think it's like five years. Okay, you know, all uh, right, six maybe. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that's basically my back, my radio that, background. That's and it. Then, and know. then, and then, in between all of that stuff with radio, I was still doing voiceover. Yeah, I was still, yeah. and I was starting to get a little bit of a reputation doing that. Yep. And uh, you know, a lot of it was local. Once in a while, I do something regionally. And then I was lucky enough to get to do some national stuff, you know, and I even did some animation. And mm. so, yeah, and I auditioned, I went to New York and I would audition for stuff. And, but, you know, and I don't have to tell you that the first thing they would say is you were in, you're in Albany. Yes. And I said, wait yeah. a minute, I live in East Greenbush and the train station's mm. like a mile from my house. <laughs> exactly. And, exactly. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. You know, but, uh, there, but there's, was, yeah. there's a local actor that um, decided that even though he was based in Albany, he wanted some New York City acting mm-hmm. gigs. And so sure. he would not tell them he was in Albany. That's he, probably smart. N- nowhere did it say anywhere online Very or on smart. his resume that he lived in Albany. If they called from New York City, he could be there in a couple, you know, an couple hour, hours, two and a half right. hours right. tops, you that's know. Right. That's a smart and move. And that's what he did, you Absolutely. know, and, and did very well. I think I saw him on a Law and Order once, and you know, so he's, oh, wow. you know, he's been able to make some uh, success of that. That's you know? fantastic. Yeah, that yeah. that then you know, I wasn't smart enough to think of that, but uh, <laughs> but I did, you know, I did get some stuff. Yeah, I Good. did. I did get to do some stuff, which was kind of cool. Um, so uh, you know, I got no regrets. Uh, I still. You know, uh, very much like you, I still uh, freelance doing the voiceover stuff. It's interesting, and I'm sure you'll agree with me on this. The internet is kind of a double-edged sword for people mm. that do what we do. Mm-hmm. On one hand, you're opened up to the entire planet. True. And I've gotten work literally all over the world. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And uh, on the other side of the coin, everybody else has access to the whole planet now <laughs> on the internet. True. So you're competing. You know, there's guys yes. like me in probably every market that can do voices. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah, voices. but you are competing with just... Maybe one or two people That's here true. in the area that That's could do true. that. It's, yeah. it's, 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 well, guys, you, I don't have to tell you, 85%, maybe more of the voiceover stuff is for people that have great pipes like you, the announcer guys, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's not what I do. I don't, I don't have a great, you know, yeah, but I can't voice. do what you do either. Right. Well, that, but I'm competing with fewer people. So that's a little bit there advantageous for me. It is. And so if Absolutely. somebody's looking for an impression of, uh, you know, Andy Rooney, let's say, and they're going to, they get maybe six auditions from all over the country. They're going to go with the one that sounds now, if they're, if it's a, an audio book, you know, mm. now you're competing with, Maybe oh, yeah. 10,000 different Easily. voice talents. Easily, know? yep. So it, it, it really does. It, it opened up the business for a lot of people, which it did. It did. actually helped me make a living for the last 10 years of my career because right. I taught voice acting. That's right. You know, yeah. and, and uh, you know, I, I taught, uh, gosh, you know, five to 600 people a year. Right. All over the for, world. Yeah, right? all over the world. Yeah. And for, you know, for 10 years. So look at all the, here I'm training my competition. Right. <laughs> <You know>? right. <laughs> there were days when I sat there and said, this guy is so much better than 
I am. Yeah, yeah. Or this woman, I can't do what she can do, you right. know? And so the competition. But, uh, you know, yeah, the really talent's got, one yeah. thing, and I don't have to tell you this, but talent's one thing, but that's only half the battle. That's you, true. You know, the, the you, marketing, you still got to get yourself. out there and sell yes. it. Yes. And sometimes you go for these auditions, and before you even they even hear you, they've heard 20, 30 people that's before true. you they even that's true. your voice even gets to their ears. Yeah. yeah. So that's the other part of it. How many, I don't have to tell you this as well, but how many times do people come up to you and say, I've been told I have a great voice. Mm-hmm. How do I mm-hmm. get into that business? Exactly. Well, yeah. you know, that happens a, all the time. It's, there's yeah. a whole lot more than to it than just having yeah. a great voice. Uh, and, and I will even, <laughs> I had one time walking on the streets of Schenectady on my lunch hour, cause that's where the uh, studio that I worked for was uh, located okay, at the sure. time. And I'm walking down the street and this guy's coming toward me and, and he, he just, we just said hi to each other. And I stopped dead in my tracks and turned around. I said, talk to me. And he, he said a few more words. And I said, oh, wow. man, you have such a voice. I gave him my card. I just Is said, right? just, just you got the ear double for check. It, you know? Yeah, I said, you, you, you got to look into doing this. I hope this, he didn't you think know? you were one of those, like, you know, the, the, the other end of the spectrum, the perverse, that says, hey, you, you, you're beautiful. I'm going to make <laughs> yeah, right. you a model. Exactly. I'm going to get you in no. a recording studio. Yeah, right, right. No, That's never funny. quite happened that way. But That's yeah, cool. occasionally that would happen. And yeah. my wife would do it all the time. She'd, she'd say after we met left a conversation with somebody she'd right. say didn't he have a great voice oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you should talk that, to him about that you know yeah, yeah, she's yeah. kind of downstream from you in the business so she knows how to hear it too now <laughs> exactly but exactly. uh yeah, yeah but I, I love that story of five six years ago maybe even longer of the the, the homeless guy i think it was in la or something oh, like that yes who the, uh he's he, coming up to cars and he's asking for money and, and he bring and one guy brings his window down to give him some money and he's ta- they're talking and he goes, oh, my God, he was in radio, this guy. Yeah, yeah. He goes, your voice is amazing. He goes, well, mm-hmm. I used to be in radio, and mm-hmm. I was at a show, and I kind of fell through hard you know, hard times. Right. And then the community rallied around him, got him back on the air. I'm not really sure how it all panned out. Kraft Macaroni and Cheese uh, spot he did. Is that a right? Good national for him? Kraft Macaroni and Cheese spot. Yep. yep. Fantastic. Yeah. Some great or, stories. And now it's called Kraft Mac and Cheese. Excuse oh, yes. me. Yes, we have. Yeah, keep, Less keep syllables, up with the times. more sales. Yes, yes exactly. absolutely. <laughs> Oh, so so you found it uh, pretty easy to do a little bit of uh, radio and still be able to do um, you know some some evenings and some yeah, you know, working yeah, exactly. out. Yeah, 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 that wasn't easy always because getting you know as I said, whenever yeah. I did radio it was always morning drive. So there were nights where I was doing a gig. I'd be in, maybe in New York or I'd be in Syracuse or wherever I was, and I'm doing a gig, and I'd literally drive home. Mm. And sometimes I got in so late, I said, there's no point in him going to bed. I would just drive right to the studio. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was yeah. murder. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, I, you you know that you have to be super sharp. Yes, yes, you, know? you do. You do. And yeah. even when I had my talk show at ROW, uh, it was even more important because I'm talking about political stuff. Okay. And uh, now, when when did that happen? We we oh, haven't gotten into oh, that. Yet. We haven't so even gotten that we haven't far. Haven't gotten Holy that far. Cow, yeah. Jumping all over the place. So you, so you worked for Bobby Osfeld for a while, right? Okay. Back to the stand up again. Okay. Back to doing the freelance voiceover stuff for right. many years, and then I get an email from another comedian of all people. Uh, I don't know if he was a local up and coming guy or for something, but somebody was the ROW was looking for a morning show. Okay. And I was pretty busy at the time, so I, I hadn't noticed that. Uh, the whole Paul Vandenberg leaving mm-hmm. 1300 to go start his own thing yeah. was going on. Oh, he, excuse me. He left he RW, left RW to, go and to start. go start 1300 right. talk. And he had, so there was an opening now briefly at ROW 
and they had plugged it with this guy from Boston uh, for a little while, but they wanted that to, uh, be temporary. They're yeah. looking for a local. local. Host. Yeah. So somebody turned me on to that they were looking for somebody. Cool. And I said, "Oh, this is kind of intriguing. Maybe I'm ready for another break." And I've always, I thought if I ever get back into radio, I'd love to do talk because I got a big mouth. I'm very opinionated. And uh, never at a loss for words. And never at a loss for words. <laughs> and uh, but this came along, and uh, I long story short, I, I applied, and uh, they. Say yeah, why not? You know, you're you're known locally. Uh, yeah, my political philosophy doesn't quite go parallel with the capital region, but I said, hey, that's even better. You know, oh, sure, I, I yeah. call, I'll cause some angst, and and then ratings will go through the Con- roof. Controversy, you know, controversy <laughs> works. Yeah, so Absolutely. I started there in. Um, let's see, I got to think now. It was maybe September, early September of '08. Okay, and. Uh, then they said, I said, well, I'm not going to do this unless I have a partner. I, I like to play off of somebody. Sure. I think that's important. Sure. And uh, the truth was I wasn't skilled enough to do it by myself. <laughs> so and I wanted somebody to run the board so I could just, you know. There you go. <laughs> yap, yap away. And so uh, they said, well, you can do that, but it has to be somebody from within uh, Albany Broadcasting. Okay. Cluster. Yeah. So I started interviewing which was kind of weird. I'm I'm the new guy hasn't even and started you, yet, and I'm interviewing on air talent <laughs> at their uh, at their station, and I ended up picking uh, a person who is from Glens Falls, ironically, oh, and, and remembered me up there. Yeah, uh, Jackie Donovan was sure. Her radio oh, name. great. Joanne great Patton was her real name, uh-huh. and uh, she'll probably kill me for saying that. Nah, nah, they, it, it, she's off those, the air now anyway. Yeah, that's right. Like every other radio guy, on and off the air, on <laughs> and off the air. Yeah, but uh, so I picked her. She was kind of sassy and kind of opinionated, like me. Mm-hmm. And so we were somewhat different in our political philosophies. Uh, so I went on the air with her, and we really started getting some momentum. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going pretty well. And then, but I don't know, for whatever reason, they kept changing general managers. Like, I, I, yeah. think I was only there uh, maybe a year and a half, uh, mm-hmm. and they had five different people mm-hmm. running this mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I and can understand most that. Most of them I yeah. got along with, but then along came this guy from New Jersey who looked like, yeah, I'm not even going to say his name, he was like a mafia hitman. <laughs> and he, for whatever reason, we mm-hmm. just didn't kind of see eye to eye. We, yeah. you know, were very strong willed people. Yeah. We kind of clashed. Yeah. And then he, I could just see the writing on the wall. He's going to find a way to kind of you know, yeah. get me out of the loop. And that's what happened. A lot of changes in air personality have nothing to do with how good the air personality mm-hmm. is that's or has been or is right. getting. Right. It's, it's management change. behind the scenes. It's yeah. format change. Right. It's politics. Right. What I loved about working, my, my last uh, 20 years on the radio were all part-time. Mm-hmm. I was in the studio for a matter of just, you know, hours a weekend right. usually. Right, right. And what I loved loved about it is one of the things that I also uh, missed about uh, radio right. uh, as, as it's turned into uh, the old time radio. What, what was missing is I wasn't there all the time, so I was not in the politics at right, all. Right, you know, Which is probably a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was, it was <laughs> great to be removed from that. Sometimes I'd never hear about problems until maybe the Christmas party every year where we're all right, together, exactly. you know. Yeah, oh, is that why he left? You know, that sort of <laughs> stuff, you know. And then, but the other thing that I missed uh, about that is that I did enjoy, like you were just saying, right. playing off of, of people. Oh, sure. Sometimes my favorite spots on the radio were the five minutes between shows. Right. Where the end of mine and the beginning of the yeah, next right. guy is coming up and the bantering back and missed forth. That, yeah. Missed that a lot. Oh, we had know. so much fun doing that. Because, yes. you know, look, we're in the epicenter of political dysfunction our yes. capital city of, of the state of new york yeah and it was like the the, the show would just write itself almost. yes there was absolutely. always something going on in, in, mm-hmm. in, at the capitol 
and uh, either people were for or against. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, we just had a field day with that. You yeah, know? And one of the things yeah. I brought to you, eventually we'll, maybe we'll hear it, yeah. is that one of the air checks I brought to you was Kirsten Gillibrand was uh, assigned, I think by Patterson, this was after the, the Spitzer thing happened. Yes. Yeah. And he had to pick, oh, this is when Hillary Clinton uh, 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 decided to run for president. I forget, she mm-hmm. Clinton stepped down. Was it because she was running for president? I forget why. Yeah. Uh, Hillary Clinton, when she was a state senator. Yeah. Or excuse me, uh, not state senator, a, a federal senator. Yeah. And he replaced her with Kirsten Gillibrand. Yes. And she was only in the job very short period of time, and she sponsored this bill to remove trans fats from all vending machines. Okay. You know, and uh, and then in <laughs> schools, and I know mm-hmm. we just jumped all over that. Yes. So the yes. air check that I brought in was of uh, we're kind of bitching and moaning about. This over this government overreach, yes, and I said yeah. I'm going to go to the vending machine right here in the studios, and I'm going to get myself a big fat, <laughs> fat laden cookie, and then I I open the cookie up, and it says fat. You know, I'm doing this live on the air, and it's fat free, no trans fats. <laughs> Daybreak with Steve and Jackie. Yes, indeed. And we welcome you back at 840, 20 minutes before 9 a.m. on News Talk 590, WROW. Happy Wednesday to one and all. It is July 22nd, 2009. 476 5959, pound 590 on your cell phone. Get you in on the conversation. Talking about uh, Kirsten Gillibrand. Yep. China ha- pretty much owns us, Korea has nukes. Iraq and uh, Afghanistan are a mess. Your KGB the economy is in the toilet. Got so, Somali pirates all over the place, and we're trying to take over Green Island, and she's worried about a damn yoga. That's right. Your state <laughs> senator, what's on her mind? Proposal to ban trans fats in schools. Maybe she got to look at herself and, in the mirror and realize what was in her butt and, and said maybe it's if time. President Obama didn't have enough czars. They're also considering a commission that would define junk food for the purpose of a fat tax on a federal God level. God help us all. You know what I did? When I was gone, I went to the vending machine. You put a giant Otis Spunk Meyer Spunk cookie in my trousers. In your hands. <laughs> oh my God. How you about know? that? You know why I did that? Because I didn't want to share it with you guys. So now, Kirsten Gillibrand, if she gets her way, will ban all trans fats from vending machines all over America. So when I, I decided to go to the vending machine right here in the uh, offices. And I in bought the, the a, plush I bought a gigantic Otis Spunkmeyer Express chocolate chunk cookie. And stuck it in his And I'm going to read the trans fats on it in case you're listening, Kirsten. All right. You know what it's got? What's it got? It's got zero trans fats. There you go. <laughs> so much for What the hell is that? I got all that trouble on reading the thing. No trans fats. None. Zip! Goose egg! Oh, God, my head I don't believe it! Stop! Trans fat free! I could have picked anything in a vending machine. I figured I'd get the fattest, most disgusting, fat-laden product. Zero trans fats. Only I could do that. Oh, this is what it should be a TV show. Your face is priceless. It's got... Zero <laughs> I can't believe it. Good job, Steve. Oh, well, I guess I didn't make my point. <laughs> but if she has her way, the overweight, might I add, Kirsten Gillibrand, oh, you will not be able to buy trans fats from a vending machine. I still made my point. Yeah, okay, fine. All right, I know. <laughs> Even the 
kids laughing at you now, okay? <laughs> Wall- we got Wally in Green Island. Wally, you're on with Steve and Jackie. Yeah, uh, Jackie, why don't you knock it off in Green Island? Green Island is a wonderful town. We I'm never said it wasn't. No, never and, said it wasn't. I enjoy Green Island, and Green Island has got everything that anybody wanted. Why don't you worry about the guy that you work for and the people that are on strike over that hotel? That well, you know, video. here's the problem. Here's the problem, okay? So you're not listening to what we were saying, yeah. okay? Green Island, did you know? Let me tell you about your, your, your non-island of Green Island, okay? <laughs> it is the smallest, the smallest town. Town, village, hamlet in the entire state of New York. Now, wait, 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 let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. After all the crap we went through with the Senate and all the state is in complete disarray, you've got a lot of people that want to really kind of rise up, just kind of get involved and, you know, try and get things moving in the right direction. Take the state back. To make Green Island the symbol of where it starts is good for Green Island. We weren't picking on Green Island, so you called and wanted to start a fight with me about it's my boss. It's a lovely town. When you but finish, here it is. Your boss doesn't pay. Oh, he hasn't paid the phone bill either. Look, Green, Li- <laughs> Green Island is a lovely town. When they finish welcome, it, it is going to be beautiful someday. <laughs> yes, when Green Island's done, it'll be beautiful. We're it running will. Willie right the hell out of town, too. When we're done with Green Island, it's going to be a better town. It'll be better. Absolutely. We're going to add things to it. It'll be all the better for having us there. So it's just a funny, you know, we Absolutely. just had so much fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we would yeah. try to take, we would try to uh, g- g- complain and bitch and moan about the politics, but we try to do it with humor, sure. you know, sure. because people are just so beaten down by yeah. bad news all the time. We said, we're going to talk about mm-hmm. controversial things, mm-hmm. but we're going to make them funny. Yeah. I learned early on. In the business, first of all, I enjoyed making people laugh, like you did, since mm-hmm. from a young kid. Okay, I I, sure. I, I never th- ever thought about doing any kind of stand up. Right. But I found radio very early, and I realized that I could be myself and and try to be a little you know funny. You right. know, my my boys as they were growing up would tell you I was just doing dad jokes. Right. You know, but uh, you know, which <laughs> back then we didn't know they were called dad jokes. Right, right, now right, that's right. what they're called. I got you. But um, my whole idea in radio very early on was to lift people's spirits right okay right. not only have they chosen the station because of the music i'm playing right but if i can make them giggle a little bit between you right. know right. if i can do you know my quick, quick imitation of somebody oh, which sure. i didn't try to do a lot of because i'm again can't do what, <laughs> what you do but anything to to make their day oh, brighter sure. and to do a psychological lift and when you ask people that's a lot of the reason why they turn the radio oh, on what, for is what, for a lift they want yeah or the, yeah uh, unfortunately, a lot of people listen uh, also to kind of reinforce their own beliefs. True. Whatever it is. Yes. But if you can do that, and if you happen to be parallel with, with their thinking, yes. that's that's important too. But you want it to be, when, when they turn it off, they want to be entertained. Yes. So in the, what's the one of, there's somebody uh, I syndicated, says a fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. I think that's, ah, uh, ah. who uses that? I think I that's, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, syndicated... Uh, show but he uses that's his catchphrase yeah interesting he goes the, welcome to the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment i think that's great because that's exactly what it is yeah you want to learn something mm-hmm. that maybe you don't necessarily agree with what you're hearing mm-hmm. you may disagree mm-hmm. with it but uh if you were entertained yeah you know that that's the most important part of it because exactly. you can get all this stuff to reinforce your beliefs and pound you down anywhere but yeah if, uh, that's i think that why, why rush was so successful yes he he he, he came along when there, there wasn't a really a spot for his point of view, 
But he says, if I'm going to do it, I don't want people to just agree with me. I want them to, I want them to laugh too. And I want mm-hmm. the people that disagree with me to laugh. Mm-hmm. So he tried to use some humor. Sure, you know? sure. Powerful, and, especially and, on the radio. It's very powerful. Yes, and, and the more successful ones you know, know how to do that well. They know well. how to do it well. And Absolutely. a lot of them, a lot of what they do on, you know, I shouldn't say a lot of them, quite a few, what they do on the air is an act. Okay. Absolutely. It's an act to Absolutely. keep you listening. Absolutely. And they sometimes don't even believe in some of the things they're Absolutely. telling you or saying to you. Absolutely. But it's to keep you entertained, to right. keep you listening, and, right. to, and to maybe to upset you enough that you'll call in right. and give them another point of view. And uh, oh, there's no know. question about it. Who's yeah. the one that just just got sued and now he's bankrupt? And the, oh, well, sure, yeah, I, I you know, know who you're I mean. talking uh, about. Yeah, there's a guy that that took that philosophy you just had and took it too far. Too far. Yes. You know, he yeah. says, I'm going to be as extreme and an outrage as I, I possibly can. And yeah. he, the pendulum went way too far. Exactly. And now he's he's bankrupt and he's, yeah. and he's off the air. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you're right. There's always uh, going to be an amplification, an exaggeration of their point of view to yeah. entertain you, gotcha. to keep you listening. That's just the way the nature of the work was. So how long did you and, and Jackie uh, team up? Uh, we before? were there by, I think, uh, 18 months total, okay. a year and a half. All right. Uh, and then but I'm talking about how radio works. I've learned by this point, this is my fifth stop. Okay. I understood how it worked. <laughs> so I, I get a, I get a, I get called into the office of what I thought was a typical uh, Monday morning. Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah, we're, we're, uh, the show's kaput and, uh, you're gone, and they kept Jackie because she had all those other skills we talked about. Oh yeah, you know yeah, she yeah. could run the board. She, yeah. could, she they could move her anywhere, yes. and she was happy. Yeah. Uh, so I said, okay, it is what it is. I was disappointed. Sure, I was having a lot of fun, and I literally got in the car. I'll never forget this. I put the the station on, and it's music. They literally that morning flipped a switch yeah. and went from talk radio to music. To music. Yep. And of course me, you know, I said, Oh, this guy's a genius. AM radio is gonna put music on it. Yeah. In two thousand ten. <laughs> yeah. That's how I, that's I actually remember thinking the same exact thing right. when it happened. I yeah. really do. It's like you're yeah. putting okay, I can okay, so you want to replace me, replace me with another talk show host, yeah. but to flip a switch and put AM music, mono music on yeah. on an AM radio station in two thousand ten, God bless you. And they're yeah. still they're still yeah. playing music. Well well they are, you know, they, of course they're AM and FM and so so they, 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 you know, it, it helps that they can combine both That's of right. those numbers right, and right, uh, right. and have a, a good audience. Yeah. So for yeah. so it's interesting. So for about maybe a year or two after that, people would pop into my wife's business at Colony Center because mm-hmm. I would talk about her business, uh, uh, and and uh, she was there at the, uh, at the time, still is. Uh, and they'd say, hey, we miss Steve. When's Steve going to get back on the radio? She'd come home. She goes, well, we had another three, four people asking where you are. And that just kind of eventually just drifted away. You know, nobody <laughs> right. stopped in and asked anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I often wonder, I was I was let go with a bunch of others and some downsizing from iHeart. Uh, sure. Almost, uh, well, actually, this month, it's... Uh, uh, three years already. Three years. Yeah, wow. it happened in uh, early 2020, just before I remember the that. COVID shutdown. Yeah, and I often wondered if uh, if anybody came to my uh, to my <laughs> rescue, if anybody tried to come to my rescue. I again, I was right. only on for like six hours, uh, you know, on a right. Sunday right. afternoon. Who's right. listening? You know, they're right. you're watching football. You can't fool me. You know, right. you're I not listening you. to me. But uh, but I often wondered if if maybe there were at least a couple of phone calls. Along they, you would the like way. to think so. You'd I would like, like to, to think, think so. That people miss yeah. me. The yeah. only thing that happened that was kind of funny after that, this was during the time 
right around the same time when the tea party was kind of uh, mm-hmm. g- getting real popular. Yeah, yeah. And so everybody was paranoid. You know, it was this anti-government feeling out there. And so they, you actually had some right-wingers come out and say the, the, uh, the Obama administration or people in the, the New York state government, because you know, I have a, a conservative voice, shut me down. So people, so, oh. so I get a call from some of the people at the station that are still there and they go, you're not going to believe this. There's a, there's 35, 40 people in our parking lot with signs, bring back, bring wow. back Steven Jackie. You fired him unjustifiably, blah, oh, blah, blah. Yeah. So then somebody called up some uh, organization in DC. And next thing I'm talking to them and they're saying, was there a part of it? You think you were fired because of your I'll political? And I said, oh, let, let's not get carried away. Yeah, here. Yeah. This is Albany, New York. This yeah. isn't, you know, this is in DC. And we're talking y- about. You see how much politics has become a part of Everything. our daily life. Everything. And it never was that way. No. We, we had neighbors next door here. We'd get together for, you know, drinks sure, a couple sure, times a sure. week on the patio and everything. Sure. All during, um, you know, for, for the first 25 years we knew them. Right. Never sat and talked politics. Right, right. All of Good a thing. sudden, in 2015, <laughs> there comes a candidate, and he becomes president, and all of a sudden, that's all we're talking about. But I wouldn't know who you're talking about there. It's unbelievable, but I get a lot of blame for that. It's, uh, but it is what it is. Well, okay, bef- just before you did that, I was going to ask, <laughs> did you, do you do Obama? Well, you know, it's uh, I because really, I, I understand a, he's not an easy. He's not, and he, he's voice. got a cadence that took me a while. And it's funny because it got better as I was doing it, and it wasn't until I was off the air with Jackie that I was I stopped uh, in to see her one day, yeah, and uh, or we had lunch or something, and I said, "Hey, I think I got my Obama." He goes, "Yeah, great timing. <laughs> We've been off the air for two years now." And, well, God bless America. Uh, first, first thing I want to say is that Obamacare is a is working. And God bless America for that, because I caught a lot of uh, flack for coming up with that. But if you look back on it now, I was right all along, because it's all working out uh, totally fantastic. God bless America. So he's got that <laughs> right. cadence where he kind of talks the, like the, this. The cadence, yeah. Where, yeah, where yeah. Trump is like, you know, he's actually got two voices. He's got the voice where he goes way down here and he talks. And then he goes up here, it's unbelievable. It's like, gets really excited. Obama was a total disaster. Okay, people, it's unbelievable. You know, so it's all in the cadence. It's Very the, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the catchphrases. Right, right. The catchphrases. We're going to build a wall. We're going to build a wall around Warren's home. And we're going to make Pink Floyd pay for the wall. It's going to be an unbelievable wall. Pink Floyd will pay for the wall. It's going to be totally fantastic. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So ROW is your last stop. That was my last on, stop on, on radio, yep. and yeah. that's uh, and that ended in oh, or, uh, 2010. Mm-hmm. February 2010, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So when you're doing that, you really couldn't be out on the cruise ships. Obviously. No, I had to stop you that. Had to stop doing that. And then when that stopped, I went back. Obviously, went back to doing the cruise ships, and gotcha. then I finally just kind of got that. Just burned me out because. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I was now I was getting uh, when I left ROW, I think I was 51 or 52. Mm-hmm. And now here is it's 10 years later, it's 12 years later, and I'm going to be 65 in July. And I said, eh, I'm all done with those. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. Uh, they basically they said, eh, Well, reach out to you if somebody's got to take some time off or they've, they've got an illness. Maybe would you be interested in filling in? I might be interested in doing something like that. Yeah, but as far as doing these long contracts, uh, that's sure. that's done. Well, that's understandable. You know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, now I'm just uh, uh, doing the, the freelance voiceover stuff, the occasional corporate thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I still travel a little bit more, but I'm, I'm just not doing it at the, uh, the level gotcha. uh, that gotcha. it required of me before. And I'm also helping my wife's business out. 
Uh, she owns Hilton Music Center at yes. the Colony. And I do her books and I do her marketing. I do all nice. her, her, her ads and her, uh, her marketing and all that stuff. Yeah. So that keeps me kind of busy during the day. Cool. But uh, and, and still doing the voice work. Now, do- you mentioned before we started uh, running the, the recorder here. Still that, doing the uh, voice work. Yeah, that you have done something national of Yes. Uh, yeah, a few months ago. Now, is, I is, got that, a, is that on what it's you a, brought It's me? actually on the flash drive. Okay, good. Uh, I'll, I'll play that. Yeah, it's it's a spot for uh, Designer Shoe Warehouse, which okay. I think we had locations here we, in uh, Crossgates, and I think there's one, a store in Colony Center. Mm-hmm. It's a national chain yeah. of uh, wholesale food, or wholesale foods, wholesale shoes. Shoes. <laughs> And uh, they they were looking for a Kennedy impression, and I thought, well, that's weird, Kennedy. I, he's like, for almost sixty years since this man died. Yeah, yeah. who's gonna know who this is? And it, it was, I guess, in the context of the spot. And the uh, the spot is basically me doing a parody, but the words change of that uh, uh, his inaugural speech. Ah, so okay. I just kind of rewrote part of that, and cool. then it's a voiceover. It's a TV spot, so obviously yeah. when you play it, there's visuals. But uh, and then it has a, a, a nice woman announcer at the end talking about the, yeah, the sure. store. Sure. But you know, is it, it there, there nationally? What is the true measurement of two feet? For they work hard and march us forward. We say their contributions are immeasurable. So today we endorse that we put our feet first. Let us all show our feet gratitude with shoes from the store that has it all. We offer the most popular styles for women and men from today's biggest brands. Ask not what your feet can do for you. Ask what you can do for your feet. If I was in LA or New York, I'd probably do more of that stuff more regularly, but it does come. Mm-hmm. One of the more fun things I did nationally, this is a great story. It's a, got a job and story. Okay. So i got to bring this up. I get a call. Uh, oh, this has got to be close to 10 years ago from an ad agency that I had done some stuff for in Pittsburgh, rather big ad agency, but their their niche advertising was they dealt with only new car dealers and the cable industry. Okay. Uh, like, you know, uh, uh, Spectrum, Spectrum and, 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 and Comcast. And Comcast, and exactly. Places like that. They yeah. just make generic ads where the market can just plug into it. Okay. The, the, the buyer can just plug it. So the com- commercials are shot generically. Gotcha. And using humor in most yeah. cases. And uh, the, the the car dealer sh- uh, uh, ads, this is hilarious. I mean, the concept is hilarious. The guy that owns the agency is a huge fan of the movie Goodfellas. Okay. He's an Italian guy himself, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. And uh, if anybody's ever seen the, the, the Goodfellas, it's about a bunch of gangsters. Mm-hmm. And his idea was that it came, he goes, it came to him kind of like almost in a dream. There's these puppets that look like, resemble, but don't look exactly like the characters in the movie. Okay. Because then you're getting into... You got to watch licensing. Exactly. So it was more of a, he was more inspired by the movie. Okay. So he, his idea was these puppets own a car dealership (laughs) and it's called, you got a problem with that motor. (laughs) Yeah. Great idea. And he's telling me this on the phone. He goes, okay, so what the, and I said, okay, so where do I come in? What the, this is crazy. He goes, so these puppets interact with real actors in these funny 30 second, and again, generically shot commercials okay. that the buyer could just plug into the new car dealer. Yeah. And uh, so these funny scenarios take place. And he wrote about 12 different funny skits, yeah. about 30 seconds long. Guy comes into it. Again, these were shot. And these, he spent a fortune on these things. Mm. And the puppets were made by the people that, the, uh, the, um, the 
Sesame Street people. Okay, okay, you good. Know. The uh, workshop. Yeah, there. they yeah, actually yeah. went to those guys to make the puppets. Wow. So I said, "Man, you're really going all out." He goes, "Oh, this is going to be hilarious." So he spent he spent a lot of money on it. So the puppets needed voices, and they're interacting with these real actors. And so I he asked me if I wanted to audition for one of the characters, sure. and, I, and I did. And he goes, "Oh, that's perfect." He goes, "You know, I could just come up with a gangster, deep gangster." Sure, character. sure. So I said, and then he uh, he goes, "We love it." He goes. Uh, he goes, while you're at it, why don't you audition for the other ones? He goes, because we got, we're having trouble finding what we're listening. He goes, can you change your voice enough to make the four main characters sound different? And I said, well, I'll give it a try. Wow. And long story short, I ended up getting all four roles. For this wow. Thing, which was like, wow. Nice. I really hit the jackpot, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's, uh, I would have brought some of those to play, but again, because they're TV spots, yeah, they're yeah. completely yep. out of context. Yeah. But it, for example, in one spot, guy walks in and goes, hey, you know, uh, I'm here to buy a new car. He goes, how does it work? Uh, he goes, well, you know, let's say you buy a car. That's a butter. That's a, a butter bing. Um, and then he goes, but if you don't, that's a butter bang. And he hits the guy in the head with a two by four and knocks him out. So these spots are hilarious. But yeah. then, and I'm even when I'm doing them, right? And I'm you're, thinking, you're, these yeah. might be a little politically incorrect. Uh, yeah, yeah. So of course, I curse myself, right? Uh. So the spots, I do the spots. There's like 12 spots in the series. They're selling like gangbusters all over the country. They're Terrific. really popular. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, I get a call from him about a year in of doing these, and he goes, uh, you're not going to believe this. He goes, but uh, I'm going to be on Fox News tonight talking about the campaign with the president of the uh, a National Italian Anti-Defamation League. League. Oh, jeez. Uh, and I go, you got to be kidding me. He goes, yeah, they're all offended. They think they're, they're anti-Italian. Oh. They're, they're stereotyping Italians and blah, blah, blah. Ugh. So now what's happening is he's got these, he's got protests at dealerships that bought the campaign. Oh, jeez. And he's small, but all over yeah. the country, these are popping up. So this is really making it a, a tough spot sure. for the, the dealerships, sure. right? Yeah. And it was a whole thing. It was like TV, radio, print ad, billboard, a whole campaign. So they were sure. spending a lot of money on these things. Wow. So fast forward, I he goes, tune into Fox News. It was with uh, Stuart Varney, the British guy who does the, okay. he does the all the, the, the financial stuff for Fox yeah. News. So here they are side by side. They're both Italian, ironically. Mm -hmm. And the, the anti-defamation guy looks like he weighs 300 pounds, looks like a mafia hitman. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, these are very offensive to Italian guys. Let me tell you. Every, nobody likes these. And, you know, the mandolin music and the what a bing and bada boom. Are you trying to tell me you're not making fun of Italians? And, and of course, the oh. ad agency president sitting there oh. sheepishly going, I had, I see nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So <clears throat> long story short, there was just so much bad press from it mm. that they, they, they folded, you know, because of the PC world we live in. Yeah. The tenfolded on and that went away. But that was probably one of the more fun yeah, voiceover oh, sure. jobs I did because sure. the spots came out so hilarious yeah. and yeah. Uh, really, really fun. That's crazy, yeah. crazy stuff. But uh, it sounds like you've uh, you've gotten to see a lot of the world. Yeah, in I what have. You do. Got, gotten to travel, gotten gotten to put on pretty much every continent. Gotten yeah. to see a lot of Europe uh, because of the cruise stuff. Yeah. Um, and gotten to see, gotten to do a lot of sweet gigs. I got, one of the fun things about what I do is I got to open up for a lot of legendary acts oh, too. We haven't talked about yeah, that. So, yeah. so you've done a little bit I, of that I was, along uh, the way. I, I toured with Howie Mandel. Wow, uh, that was cool. his opening act. I saw Howie at the uh, Starlight Theater back when he was oh, first starting in, out yep. doing stand up. Yep, great yep. story with his career. He was yeah. selling carpet. He was in, from Canada. He was from Toronto, and he was visiting a friend in L.A. 
first time he did a lot of pro- he did a lot his friends said you're funny he does a lot of prop yeah. stuff yes yeah yeah he had very little stage experience so he goes to LA he was telling me this story he goes to LA and his buddy uh, says I'm going to take you to the comedy store uh, and they they had it happened to be amateur night so he puts his name on the list and he goes up there and he does his little bag of props mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. that particular night there's a guy in the audience he's creating a new show called Make Me Laugh ah uh, there you go in the late 70s yeah, and it was yeah. a skit of a situation where the contestant sits in a chair and comedians try to make them laugh and if they laugh they lose if they, they <laughs> yeah, keep right. from laughing they win money yeah so he goes you're perfect he goes I'm looking for prop acts yeah, hires right. him on the spot jeez and that's, before you know it, he's on St. Elsewhere. That's right, the St. Elsewhere. You know, doing drama there. Exactly. And then uh, we saw him after the St. Elsewhere stuff when he went back into some right. stand-up. And, uh, exactly. Just, and still doing the uh, the uh, rubber glove. Rubber glove the on the head, head, inflating it. Yeah, with, exactly. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I actually got to do some great gigs. And I actually worked at Radio City Music Hall with him. Oh, cool. Which was cool. A sold-out yeah, show. That's pretty uh, neat. So that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I've been able to... Uh, work with a lot of famous names as their opening act. Mm-hmm, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. a single show, sometimes multiple shows. Mm-hmm. I did uh, uh, a couple of shows with Debbie Reynolds. Oh, wow. Uh, legend. A legendary. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Oh. Uh, oh. At the Starlight. Uh, geez, I can't. I mean, it's probably about 20 or 30 mm. big, big name people mm-hmm. that I've gotten. Wow. Uh, Good uh, for you. Uh, what's his name from saying that? Uh, Joe Piscopo. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I actually got a better review than he did in one newspaper, which was kind of nice. <laughs> well, I definitely cut that out and pasted it. There up. you go. There you go. No, n- absolutely no offense, Steve, but the bar's kind of low there. <laughs> I mean, not that I wasn't I was never a, a, big a, fan, a fan. Either, no, no, but, but he's, yeah, yeah. he's kind of rude to me backstage, so screw him. Then. But uh, yeah, so uh, so those are always fun, you know. Yeah, and and that's oftentimes terrific. there were like really well-known, legendary, old old school. Uh, you know, all the different era comics, and they were much more mm-hmm. down to earth, so much more approachable. Where yes. I've opened up for some young, some of the younger guys, yeah, and they're a little more standoffish and mm-hmm. not so you know, pleasant. Um, but uh, yeah. well, to, to show you how uh, much comedy means to me, right? I've gone to at mm-hmm. least two, if not three, different shows at SPAC back in the seventies to see the opening comedy act. Oh, well, there you okay. go. That's a true fan. Uh, Billy Crystal oh, opened yeah. for, I want to say, Neil Sedaka, maybe. Wow. Oh, I've also opened for him. Uh, oh, there you go. Neil Sedaka. And um, and I was just, I had seen him already on TV once or twice doing stand-up, right, and right. I said, oh, I, I, I've got to see this guy in person. Uh, who else? David Steinberg from oh. the old um, Smothers Brothers show. Hilarious. Okay. Is he still alive? Uh, yes, uh, yes, he is. He, wow. He's been directing uh, comedies on TV no now for the last Legend. 30, 40 years. Yeah, Legend. yeah. Um, but I, I saw him opening for someone, and again, I, now I'm I, maybe it was Melanie of all things, of wow. uh, you know that, that that he opened for, right. and one of the of the. the best memories of that night right. is that he does about uh, 35 40 minutes right. you know and then there's the break waiting for the star to come out right and the break goes on for 15 20 25 all of a sudden 30 minutes later there's an announcement that melanie's been held up in held traffic up. she's on her way in the meantime david steinberg here he is again and he came out and did Can another get, 20 minutes wow you know so i well, left that's a pro i, I left that after that you know i said yeah, hey i don't need to done. see melanie i i just you know came to see him you and know. you know it's interesting a lot of uh musicians like to use 
comedians to open for them because mm-hmm. because of the difference. Sure, sure. But uh, uh, oftentimes comedians, not, especially the real famous ones, aren't crazy about using an opening act comedian. Well, they, you know, I wondered why some would, to be very honest right. with you. I've gone to some comedians, and they do have a comedian on before them. Right, right. And and I'm thinking, don't you? I, I just don't know exactly well, how that I think works. It, it, if, if their material is different enough, yeah. uh, then I, I don't think it really matters. Okay. But, but there are, like every other uh, comedian at any level, they're going to have it. Sometimes you can have an off night. You're not, you're just sure. not clicking. Sure. And yeah. I've seen reviews where the opening act does much better than the headline. Oh, yeah, that's happened. It does yeah. happen. You know? And that happens in music, too, when you stop oh, sure and think does. about sure it. it yeah, I mean, come on. The Monkees yeah. opened for Jimi Hendrix. Right. You know, I right. mean, uh, or was it the Jimi Hendrix opened for the Monkees? I forget which. Right. But obviously, they both became, you know, headliners. Well, and yeah, that uh, happens well, a lot. A good example of that is I opened for the Smothers Brothers and some ah. things. And, oh, wow. uh, but when I opened for them, I was still in my 30s, and they were in their 50s. Yeah. So the yeah. generation... The people mm. that came to see the Smothers Brothers, yeah. they're not going to leave the Smothers Brothers show and go, oh, that 30-year-old destroyed. He was 10 times funnier than the yeah, Smothers Brothers. Not because they, they, they're, yeah. the people that were there were closer sure. to their age. They ju- It was just a better fit. So yeah. they got that part going for yeah. them. But, uh, you know, it's it's uh, not – then other acts don't like to use opening acts at all for mm-hmm. that very reason. Uh, yeah. They don't, makes, want, they don't want any chance understand of – that, yeah. Of, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, most of the acts that I have opened for have been singers or musicians. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I remember one time I got a call from SPAC, panic, from somebody at SPAC that Belinda Carlisle's act couldn't make it. And I forget who it was, a national act. uh, And they called me up. They said, can you get down here and open for Belinda Carlisle? And I said, and I I did. And uh, I remember the review coming out going, uh... Nobody got anything that this guy did. Cause, oh, interesting. Because I was probably in my late 30s, and the audience for Belinda Carlisle well, was probably 15 year old girls. Well, that's true, too. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, true, too. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. not going to, what it, you know. In an instance like that, what do you arrive with? I mean, you, you I mean, do, do, do you just you, you look out there and you just pray that something clicks, but uh, it's not, you know, it's not always a good fit. Even I've even been trapped on cruise ships with. Audiences that might be uh, sometimes you have big groups of foreigners on the ship, oh boy. and like, like maybe sixty percent of the ship is Korean, and they don't speak uh, and, they, and understand and they, English. But they don't get to well, not only maybe they speak English, but they don't get the American comedy. That's true. And uh, yeah, wow. get completely bombed. But wow. it's not my yeah. fault. It's the yeah. audience. Or I've done ships where the audience is very very young, mm-hmm. is very young, mm-hmm. or very very old. Yeah, you know. So it's it's a roll you know, of the dice. If I had been smarter and thought about this before, I could have blamed my bad ratings on. <laughs> The audience just didn't understand what That's I was right. saying. You can still go you know, with that. The, yeah, yeah. No, I would understand. <laughs> you can go with Steve, that. Steve, uh, I know you're at a crossroads, and 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 things are changing right. for you. Sure. I wish you all the best of oh. luck with that. Well, thank you, and, Warren. I really uh, you know, I hope you on. get something that that challenges you. I mean, yes. that's all we're really looking for, right? Exactly. Is a, is a new challenge something to, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. Something to keep the uh, the quickly aging uh, cranium, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, yeah, exactly. moving forward. But I want to thank you for having me come in. I mean, we've known each other many, many years. Yes, yeah. But this yeah. is the first time we've actually got to sit down and yeah. kind of uh, chew the fat a little exactly. bit about the business. No, and, and I'm thrilled to hear about uh, how it worked, and I'm glad that you did. I mean, I, I knew you more as a comedian than right. I did a radio guy. Right, right. And so I'm happy that there was a nice tie-in here. Uh, yeah, and you'll see that and it's funny just to kind of wrap it up there are a lot of uh, i shouldn't say a lot but a handful of even uh, people that local that have the, the have done the comedy and the radio mm-hmm. john mulrooney's a good example yes. i don't know if you know john yeah john was on with uh picks for many years mm-hmm. uh, with mm-hmm. the, the wolf 
And uh, his his forte is is comedy, stand up comedy, you know. And he's did some really big national stuff. Mm-hmm. I did a couple of TV shows nationally, but this guy, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, he, yeah. this is a really funny way to end it. I mean, interesting way. John, when Johnny Carson was getting ready to leave the Tonight Show, uh, he was priming Joan Rivers to replace him. Right. And along comes this network called Fox. Yeah. And uh, Fox, and this is like ninety six, ninety five, ninety six. Fox approaches Joan Rivers and says, uh, hey, you know, we'll give you a talk show yeah. like tomorrow. Yeah. You go up against Johnny Carson. Now, again, he's priming her. Yeah. Very close friends. Yeah. For, for years. He's going to re- she's going to be the heir to uh, the Tonight Show. And uh, she decides to take it. Yeah. Now she's got to call Johnny Carson up and saying, hey, you know, yeah. Fox offered me blah, blah, blah. She says she didn't even get the sentence out this is Joan Rivers talking now she didn't even get it all out and he hung up on her yeah. and they never spoke never again never spoke again now yeah. the reason why I bring that up is because John Mulroney who was in LA at the time mm-hmm. trying to get his foot in the door in, in showbiz uh, they actually wanted him to replace uh, with Joan Rivers took over the Fox thing mm-hmm. that didn't work out and everybody a year in she wasn't doing so well and they wanted to boot mm. her out and put Mulroney in wow and uh, I'm not going to tell you why that didn't pan out. Okay. But uh, that's how impressive he, sure. his credentials yeah. were. And he's a radio guy. Yeah. Oh, there so you there go. So yeah. there are some radio guys that had, had sure. their foot in both. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, certainly mine's more of the comedy and a, less in the radio. But sure. uh, there's a lot. So there's, there's crossover. Well, put food on your table for a while. Right. Of course, most, mostly McDonald's. But, Absolutely. Uh, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's not unheard of, but I've, I've had a lot of fun. Well, and that's good. And and you've made us laugh. Oh, and thank you. It, for me, that's what it's all about. Thank you, buddy. I don't you, know buddy. if you've, uh, you, you've seen my, my little thing that up here. What's that? <clears throat> What's this that? is the this is what I live by. Okay, it's a quote from uh, a journalist named Brendan Gill from back in uh, the uh, uh, twentieth uh, century. He only lived till uh, nineteen ninety seven. And the quote that I have on my desk here is: "Not a shred of evidence exists in favor of the idea that life is serious." Almost sounds like a Casey Kasem letter, doesn't it? And now it's time for the part of the show we call our long distance dedication. Good stuff. Yeah, but uh, but thank no, you. yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy listening to you, no matter uh, oh, what, what the uh, podium is. Well, I want to thank you again for having me on. It's been uh, a lot of fun. My Appreciate pleasure. It. We'll talk again. Sounds good, buddy. Take care. You too. Radio Split Ranch. After getting to know Steve better, I am anxious to catch him on stage doing his act. How could it not be a fun show? I'm happy Steve spent some time in broadcasting, or I might not have had this chance to share some laughs with him, to be honest with you. He says he's made stops at six different radio stations along the way, even though neither of us could remember all of the actual call letters. So after 17 interviews so far in our series here, a running call letter count climbs to 182. Now, if Santa forgot to bring you my memoir describing my first 17 years in broadcasting, it remains available through Amazon Books and Audible.com. It's called I'll Have to Ask My Mom, and I can guarantee a laugh or two, maybe three, even if it's at me instead of with me. Check it out. We'll wrap up this month's fun with another classic air check of Chris Warren. Try to hold your applause. I've uh, chosen an example of using political humor that Steve and I touched upon in our conversation. 
conversation. It's from my first foray at the great 98 WTRY from October of 1990. Obviously a local election year, as I mentioned some of the headlines of the campaigns crowding the airwaves. When you've had enough, just turn this off and read a good book until we can get together again next month. Until then, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Chris Good morning, it's five minutes after six o'clock. How are you this Saturday? What an hour lined up for you music-wise. Got Steve Lawrence, Carol King, Johnny Burnett, Sue Thompson, Barbara Streisand, and more. Stick around. I just got here. 98 WTRY, the first and official oldie station. Good morning, 10 minutes after 6 o'clock. That's Steve Lawrence. Go away, little girl. You bother me. 1962 was the year. Before that, Four Seasons started us out with Opus 17. Sounds fancier than it is, actually. It's uh, Saturday morning. Chris is hanging from your lobe again till 10 o'clock this morning. How are you? Glad to have you along. Got Ringo Starr standing by and a lot more to come. I want you to listen for the uh, to the first and official oldie station. That's us. Great 98 WTRY. All weekend long, got a pair of tickets to Proctor Theater, you might be able to see the Nylons this Thursday, October 25th at 8 o'clock. Listen all weekend to win with the oldie station, 98 WTRY. This is a story. You'll find the hits of yesterday, 24 hours a day, on the oldie station, 98 WTRY. Good morning, 15 minutes after 6 o'clock. It's 579, the winning numbers last night in the lottery, 7680, the win four number. Good luck. Johnny Tillotson on the oldie station, 98 WTRY, celebrating 50 years. Talk back, trembling lips, going back to 1964. Carol King before that, from uh, my first year in college, 1971. Carol King, and it's too late. And Ringo from 74 did Your 16. We got the original Your 16 from Johnny Burnett coming up next. Just in case you didn't like Ringo's version, hey, three songs later, you got the original on the oldie station, 98 WTRY. We brought you the Everly Brothers, Ray Charles, The Temptations, Diana Ross, The Platters, and now WTRY, the first and official oldie station, presents another 50th anniversary concert event. Aretha Franklin at the Starlight Music Theater, Sunday, October 28th, 8.30 p.m. Listen Monday morning with Walt, Sheila, and Ed to win tickets to the show and limo service from Diamond Limousine. Come celebrate our 50th anniversary with the Queen of Soul, Lady Soul, Aretha Franklin from the first and official oldie station, the Great 98 WTRY. Learn to read. Moments of your life. Here's a moment. Ah, it's gone. WTRY WeatherWatch 98 forecast according to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Kovacic. Lots of sunshine today. High around 58. I can take that. Clear, chilly overnight. Low around 34. And then sunny, windy, warmer tomorrow. We're going to be about 10 degrees warmer. High 67 tomorrow. Right now, though, a clear, starry morning. 38 degrees at WeatherWatch 98 WTRY. The only station, WTRY. First and official oldie station, the great 98 WTRY. There's Cimarron from the summer of 71. That's called Rings, and they're only top uh, 20 hit. And, of course, a lot of good music before that, too. Dion, run around, Sue, running around with every single guy in town. At least she's not going out with the married ones, right? And what do we have before that? Oh, I think it was Jackie DeShannon, What the World Needs Now. And Johnny Burnett before that in the original 1960 version of your 16. It's 6.35 Saturday morning. Chris, hanging from your lobe till 10 o'clock this morning. Glad to be a part of your Saturday. Got a nice one done. 
morning. Heading for a sunny high of 58 today at 98 WTRY, where we're going to crank back the great 98 time machine to remember the year that Bonnie and Clyde, Cool Hand Luke, and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner were at the movies. Also, the year that Elvis married Priscilla. Plus, we've got the chart-topping hits of 23 years ago with 1967 in the spotlight on the next edition of WTRY's number one oldies show. That's with my friend Jim Nichols. Happens tomorrow night at 6 right here on the first and official oldie station, The Great 98 WTRY. Thanks. WTRY, the oldie station, remembers the birth of rock and roll, the tribes. Wow, the first and official oldie station, the great 98 WTRY with the Trogs. Wild thing, going back to 66. Before that, heard from the Tower of Power, an Oakland-based R&B group that had some big, uh, well, some decent-sized hits back in the early 70s. From 72, you're still a young man. Also heard that time from the human beings, Nobody But Me, from 68. And Sue Thompson started us out with her sad tale of Norman from 1962. 10 before 7 o'clock, how are you this Saturday morning? Chris, with you till uh, 10 o'clock. Glad to have you on this Saturday right here at the great 98 WTRY and that's because you find out what's going on in the world you know when you're here not only music wise and, and what's happening around the capital district but also we've got the latest from Colleen Riley at seven o'clock this morning news weather sports all that good stuff uh, by the way Oakland lost again in case you hadn't heard and she'll have all the details on that coming up 98 WTRY where Monday at noontime John Gabriel counts down the top 10 hits for October 22nd 1959 it's the WTRY Hall of Fame and if you're from the high school graduating class of 59 be listening for your chance to win a special Halloween gift box from CBS. Today's neighborhood drugstore. That's the WTRY Hall of Fame. Happens weekdays on the lunch hour from the first and official oldie station, the great 98 WTRY. Void where prohibited. Oh, that's all right. So am I. The WTRY Weather Watch 98 forecast according to TV 13. Meteorologist Bob Kovacic. Lots of sunshine today. High around 58. 38 degrees now at Weather Watch 98 WTRY. Remember WTRY Service of WTRY for the Capital District. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Good. Beautiful day dawning. It's gorgeous. Doesn't it? And it looks nice outside. And usually around this time, uh, you know, I try to see if I can come up with something light and easy and, you know, maybe make some people laugh and, and be funny. But I think our comic relief has already happened last night with the debate. So oh, I don't think did I can. you see that? I don't on think TV? I can top that. I, I saw some parts of it. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds, if you know, from your report, it sounds like uh, all the best punchlines for today are, are taken off. <laughs> Station. Good morning, six minutes after seven o'clock. Chris, hang it from your earlobe, as they say. Well, nobody else really says that. I kind of made it up. Kind of got stuck on it. We're here till 10 this morning. Here's Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Sweet blue-eyed Judy Collins, 1968, both sides now. And her boyfriend, Stephen Stills, with his friends Crosby and Nash, doing Teach Your Children before that from 1970. Of course, he wrote the song Sweet Judy Blue Eyes for Judy Collins. You knew that. It's 11, make it 12 minutes after 7. 7, 12, Saturday morning with Chris. How you doing? Got a nice one coming up. 38 now, but we're heading toward 58. It'll be a little cool, yes, but a lot of sunshine today. 98 WTRY, where tomorrow morning we're going to go cruising America with Cousin Brucey. This week on the Cruising America special guest list, you'll hear from members of the Rascals, Susan Castle of the Cowsills, and Ian Whitcomb, and a lot more, of course. The great memories and best music ever made with Cruise in America, Cousin Brucey, tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock, on the Oldie Station, 98 WTRY. Bye -bye. <laughs> 
to give us a button. We're AM 980, 98 WTRY, the Capital District's official oldie station with a classic from Bobby Darin, 1959. Oh, the shot. Marilyn McCoo. And the Fifth Dimension, those wedding bell blues. Back when I was first on the radio in 1969, that was a hit song. People would call up and say, would you play Bill? I'd say, what? Bill. The first song, first word in the song, so that's what they request. Wedding Bell Blues, the actual title from 69 on the oldie station, 98 WTRY, 723 Saturday morning with Chris Bob Kovacic's beautiful weekend weather forecast is next. Where you'll never pay full price again. Here's the WTRY Weather Watch 98 forecast according to TV 13. Meteorologist Bob Kovacic. 38 overnight was the temperature, I think the lowest we got to, and that's what it is right now at Weather Watch 98 WTRY. The oldie station. Out of the past, WTRY. For Newswatch 98, a service of WTRY for the Capital District. Well, it looks like the fun is continuing in uh, in Iraq. Now they want all foreigners to report to the authorities or uh, or face punishment, <laughs> as if what they are doing right now isn't punishment enough. They're rationing gas. That's good to see in Iraq. That means that maybe the embargo is working. And here, in the meantime, oil dropped. Did you just hear this? Another three dollars yesterday, That's down right. to under three thirty-three dollars a barrel. That's fantastic. Now I can go out and get that Cadillac I always want. WTRY, the oldie station. The first and official oldie station. Great 98 WTRY, early Chicago, 1970. 25 or 6 to 4. Actually, it's about 17 to 8. Saturday morning with Chris. That's... Uh, 743 on your digital clock. Before that, the Beatles, of course, from 67 Penny Lane. On the oldie station, 98 WTRY, where tomorrow night, the Capital District Hall of Fame spotlights on the Beatles. Join Dr. Music Lou Deprano from 7 to midnight. He'll play your requests and dedications of the greatest music of all time right here on the Capital District's first and original oldie station, 98 WTRY. See the dawn's 98 WTRY, often imitated but never duplicated. We are the Capital District's oldie station. 98 WTRY. The first and official oldie station, Great 98 WTRY. There's Gary U.S. Bonds. Quarter to three. We're going back. We're talking 1961 right there. Before that, Platters from 56 and the Great Pretender. Eight before eight of time natural. Naturally enough, Chris is hanging from your lobe till 10 o'clock this morning. See, we brought you the Everly Brothers, Ray Charles, the Temptations, Diana Ross, the Platters, and we just heard from now, the first and official oldie station, WTRY, presents another 50th anniversary concert event. Aretha Franklin at the Starlight Music Theater next Sunday. Sunday, October 28th, 8.30 p.m. Listen, Monday morning, Walt and Sheila, along with Ed, will be ha having your chance to win tickets. Well, they'll be having your chance. Isn't that great English? They will have a chance, your chance, to win tickets to the show. And limo service, too, from Diamond Limousine. Come celebrate our 50th anniversary with Lady Soul, Aretha Franklin, from the first and official oldie station, Great 98 WTRY. It'll do wonders for your morning coffee, not to mention the morning rush hour. Just before my uh, second banana of the morning and a James Taylor song, got the WTRY WeatherWatch 98 forecast according to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Kavai. 38 at WeatherWatch 98 WTRY. 98 WTRY. The service of WTRY for the Capital District. You know, Colleen, I'm kind of concerned. Uh, I think this Iraqi embargo thing really could take many more months to actually ruin the Iraqi economy and, and you know, to, to produce the results that we want over there. And I think we're missing an important opportunity to use our secret weapon for ruining the economy. We should just send Congress over there and take care of this. 
Chris Ward. WTRY, the oldie station. This is their uh, new theme song right here. CCR 69, Bad Moon Rising. The first and official oldie station, the great 98 WTRY, Leslie Gore, Maybe I Know from 64, and of course, Credence before that from 1969. How are you on this Saturday morning? Bright sunshine, and we're heading toward 58 today. Not a bad day at all. Hope you'll stick around with the great 98. We've got a lot of good stuff going on, including tonight, 7 o'clock, Dick Bartley's original rock and roll oldie show. This week in the spotlight, the best of Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, plus whatever you call in on the toll-free hotline, 1-800-LIVE-GOLD. That's Dick Bartley's original rock and roll oldie show. Tonight, it's and right here on the original oldie station, the Great 98 WTRY. Playing the music you grew up with, 98 WTRY, 817 on a Saturday with Chris and Barbara Lewis, 1963. Graham Nash and the Hollies from 66. Stop, 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 stop. It goes on and on. never stops. That's uh, Holly's and uh, good stuff on the oldie station, 98 WTRY. It's a Saturday morning. Barbara Lewis before that, by the way. And the grassroots started us out with some midnight confessions, even though it is 22 after 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning with Chris, 36, and sunny. And the full Bob Kabachik weekend weather forecast is next. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Here's the WTRY WeatherWatch 98 forecast according to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Kabachik. Lightly 36 at WeatherWatch 98 WTRY. Great 98 WTRY nonstop oldies. I'm Colleen Riley for Newswatch 98, a service of WTRY for the Capital District. Well, thank goodness for the gubernatorial race or there'd be nothing funny in the news. You know, I mean, there, there's so much to talk about this. Did you see where Pierre Renfray, now, first of all, here's a guy that was unknown before this race and is going to return to that distinction in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Did you see where he took a Greyhound bus I saw that. to get the debate? I guess it's on the front page of the paper this morning. And people even recognized him on yes, the bus. Yes, Now, Now, that's not the worst part. The worst part is that he came up a little short on cash for his ticket. Oh, no. No. Yeah, for about 37 miles of the trip, Greyhound made him drive the bus. Really bad. Oh. Chris Ward, WTRY, the oldie station. Look at it this way. He'll need the money after the election, and maybe he could, you know, I mean, Greyhound's looking for drivers, aren't they? Yeah. Phil and Don, the Everly Brothers, one of their 15 top tens between 1957 and 1962. So sad to watch good love go bad. On the oldie station, 98 WTRY, started out the half hour with the Ronettes from 63. Be my baby, stick around at least till 10, would you please? Okay, glad to have you along. Chris, hanging from your earlobe until then. 36 and sunny now as we head toward 58 today. Bye, The only station, 98 WTRY, where every song is a song you know and love because the first and official oldie station, Great 98 WTRY, celebrating 50 years. On a Saturday morning with Chris, there's the Four Seasons, Candy Girl, before that Dave Clark 5, because in the animals, we got to get out of this place, started us out from 1965 on the oldie station, 98 WTRY, where we're cranking back the great 98 time machine to remember the year that the Beatles had three number one hits, but none from Sgt. Pepper, and the year that Carol Burnett, the Flying Nun, and the Smothers Brothers all debuted on TV. We're talking 1967, 23 years ago in the spotlight tomorrow night on the WTRY number one oldie show with Jim Nichols starting at 6 o'clock on the first and official oldie station 98 WTRY it's where you'll never pay full price again 
Earth, wind, and fire standing by. First, the WTRY WeatherWatch 98 forecast according to TV 13. Meteor 36, sunny now at WeatherWatch 98. WTRY. WTRY. The only station. For the Capital District. Hey, did you see in the paper where Superman is going to ask Lois Lane to marry him in the comic book? No, I didn't see yes. that. Yeah, hey, top story this morning, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and she is uh, evidently, the writers say she will accept. Now I'm wondering where they might honeymoon, but wherever they go, there's one thing they're not going to have to worry about when they fly off to their honeymoon. They're not going to have to worry about uh, rising airfares, right? They just, That's right. You know, just pick up and go, yeah. Chris Warren. If you've just awakened, I had better lines earlier this morning. You missed them. I'm sorry. I used them up early. I really should wait till later. The first and official oldie station. Great 98 WTRY. Neil Diamond, 67. And thank the Lord for the nighttime. 11 after 9 o'clock, 9-11 on Saturday morning. With Chris hanging from your earlobe for another hour. J.C. Hayes in at uh, 10 o'clock this morning. Yes, he is. And, of course, at 7 o'clock tonight, it's Dick Barkley's original rock and roll oldie show. This week in the spotlight, the best of Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Plus, of course, whatever songs you call in on the toll-free hotline, 1-800-LIVE-GOLD. It's Dick Barkley's original rock and roll oldie show. And it's exclusively tonight at 7 right here on the Original oldie station, 98 WTRY. The oldie station, 98 WTRY, where every song is a song you know and love. Beach Boys, God Only Knows. The oldie station, 98 WTRY, celebrating 50 years. I know it's tough to choose a favorite Beach Boys song, but that's got to be close to mine right there. 1966, God Only Knows. It's been redone a few times as well. Glenn Campbell had a version on the country charts back in the 70s, and it's it's been around a while. Doing very well. It's uh, 22 after 9, 922. How are you this Saturday morning? you got to be good. 41 degrees, sunshine. Looks like sunshine all weekend long, except at night, of course. And uh, even up to 67 by tomorrow is the forecast anyway. We'll see. Looks good, and we'll, we'll share the whole thing for you in just a few moments at 98 WTRY where tomorrow morning we're going to go cruise in America with Cousin Brucey again. He's got the Rascals, Susan Council of the Cowsills, Ian Whitcomb, Ian Whitcomb if you say it correctly, and a lot more. Great memories and the best music ever made on Cruise in America with my friend Cousin Brucey tomorrow morning at 10 right here on the Oldie Station 98 WTRY. I'm so well, if you feel like a nut this morning, you found the right place. WTRY WeatherWatch forecast, according to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Cavani. Sunshine, 41 now at WeatherWatch 98. Uh, WTRY, that's who we are, yeah. Chris Warren. He'll tell you. WTRY, good morning. My baby. The service of WTRY for the Capital District. I'm sorry, I'm still giggling over Renfrey. <laughs> You're you... going to vote for him, aren't you? Yeah, I sure can just I am. tell. Sure, can't you tell the way I'm, I'm so uh, for him? <laughs> Did you notice he bought a one-way ticket to Syracuse? That, I saw that. that I wondered ticket about was that. was a one-way ticket. Now his campaign funds are so low, he might have to stay there. <laughs> oh, no. I wonder if he'll take his humbling experience here and use it to study the homeless situation firsthand. What do you think? <laughs> Chris Warren. WTRY, the oldie station. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Are you Republican? Just put your head on my shoulder right here. That's, that's okay. 1959, here's Paul Lincoln. The 
first and official only station, 98 WTRY. It's mashed potato time. D.D. Sharp, actually, it's it's more like, you know, maybe some eggs. That would be nice. A uh, little too early to be thinking of mashed potatoes. But anyway, before that, Paul Lanka from 59, put your head on my shoulder as the great music continues all day long. I'm, I'm here only for a few more minutes, but that doesn't mean the music stops. Uh-uh, J.C. Uh, Hayes will be here from uh, 10 until, uh, what, 2 or 3 this afternoon. And then uh, Jim Nichols and, and Dick Bartley tonight, all weekend long, the great music, uh, the greatest music ever made right here at 98 WTRY. Stick around. Hi. Monday through Friday, if your special breakfast or lunch isn't served in 10 minutes, it's free. Hey, stick around. Tom Bodette will be back in a moment. From the Hall of Fame, this golden flashback. 1965. WTRY, great 98. Try to see it my way. We gotta work it out. We're at the station you sing along to, 98 WTRY, the oldie station. Stones on the first and official oldie station, great 98 WTRY. This could be the last time. You never know. Eight and a half before 10 o'clock. Saturday with Chris, J.C. Hayes in the uh, batter's box, ready to come on here and do his thing at 10 o'clock this morning. We're going to check Bob Kabachik's weekend weather forecast next. has made 1-800-ABCDEFG. Here's the WTRY WeatherWatch 98 forecast. According to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Kabachik, sunny and 41 now at WeatherWatch 98 WTRY. The only station, WTRY. The only station, 98 WTRY with J.J. Jackson. Always wanted a name like J.J. Jackson, but I'm Chris Warren. We'll do this again next Saturday morning, bright and early at 6 a.m. Well, at least early. Oh.